So it's so good to be with you this morning. Um, just want to start by thanking Stuart and Irene and Paul and Joy for amazing time yesterday and Howard and Claire for, for putting that whole package together. It, it really was so, so special and uh, brought, flooded our lives with lots of memories. 40 years passes so quickly and in the fullness of time, you, you, you thank God for what has taken place and we do look forward to what is ahead. So, what are you expecting this morning? Got up this morning, hopefully you've had some breakfast, healthy start to the day. Got along here, but I just want to bring a challenge in the house this morning. Uh, what is our expectation of God? Do we believe in God? Do we believe that God actually exists? If we do believe that God actually exists and is capable of anything, how do we put that into practice it's we're having this wonderful series on wholeness this sense of well-being this holistic approach spirit soul body in life and how it impacts because that is how god made us our nation is suffering at this point in time with um, exactly a curse but a condition of isolation so many, 29% um, of, of our national housing stock is occupied by one person. And do you know the names of your neighbours? Interesting, sit down on the piece of paper and say, All right, let's start across the road. What are they called? What are they called? What are they called? If you're anything like national statistics, you will clearly name six people and then you'll begin to struggle. Wow. And people talk of isolation. But today I want to look at us, uh, to, for us to consider this wonderful topic of relational wholeness. And if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Mark chapter 12, verses 28 to 34. And we read this. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked them, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, Jesus answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your hearts, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Let's just pause there. Love the Lord your God we read the name God loads of times in scripture when we read that name God does anything happen within our lives within our spirit does something leap does something jump it's a challenge but you see, for me, I'm, I'm in the place where when I mention God, when I say Jesus, when I talk of the Holy Spirit, something triggers within me excitement, expectation. I expect great things of God these days. The days for me of just living the Christian life, and be, I, I was sat on that third chair there seven and a half years ago. I was thanking God for fantastic ministry, thanking God for the most incredible worship, probably the best in our nation. I was thanking God for all the people sat around me, how lovely it is. But I said, God, this is not enough. 
I want to experience you, not only in a church environment where the body of Christ is. I want to be out in the community. I want to be in the workplace. I want to be in a place where I'm experiencing you as I read about you. I want a greater expectation. You see, folks, this morning, God has never changed. We've got to realize that sometimes. God has never changed. He always was, he always is, and he always will be to come. The onus is on folks like me, Mark Hutton, to change my attitude, to say, God, I, I want to be more in that place where my relationship with you is more wholesome, it's more tidy, if that's the right thing, and being like a pharmacist, I like things one, two, three, A, B, C. Am I in the place this morning, God, where I accept you for being God? The easiest thing in the world is to read scripture. But then do we apply it to our lives? There's something within the word of God that is life for us if we allow it to be. If we allow it to be. Can I say that again? If we allow it to be. I remember years ago, John Phillips, who used to be one of the pastors here, he came through to Hull and he was ministering one morning. We, 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 had, we had fantastic worship. The worship band was great. They used to practice loads. And I remember John saying, Clyde, can, can I just say something? And he turned to the worship band and we were part of it in those days, actively. And, and he turned and he said, uh, it is better to have one guitar with the anointing than a group of talented people. And in life, we can apply that to ourselves, can't we? How much, how much do we want to find ourselves in the place of, of uh, endeavouring in life to wake up in the morning and say, God, take me today and use me to serve your purposes. I'm, I'm looking out here this morning on a whole facet of, of experts in different fields, people who, who, who do things in life that are completely amazing. They bring healing to some, they bring release to some. They're, they're into industry and in commerce and highest levels of education. Can you imagine this morning if we were to leave this venue saying, God, take me afresh today. Use what I've got this week. And we were to be released into this area of Lincoln and the surrounding area. With the dynamic of God, with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, what a difference that would make. You may say, Mark, I've got nothing to bring. You have got everything to bring. You've got eyes, you're seeing. You've got ears, you ear. You've got feet, you can walk. You've got hands, you can do. If today you can only give that to God and say, God, take this and use it. It all comes down to this relationship. It flows from a loving God. In life, we start with nothing. But we do have the opportunity to leave the life that we know it now into our future life. Having that relationship with Jesus, knowing that we're going to be with him in heaven. Don't get me wrong. I'm looking forward to heaven. I am really looking forward to going to heaven but I'm blowed if I'm going to waste my life now. 
I just don't want to survive every day. I just don't want to have breakfast, dinner and tea with a bit of TV at night and then go to sleep. That's my day. Gone. I want my days to be filled with something that doesn't just excite me, but fulfills the needs within my life, body and soul and spirit. And you know something? It's there. God has provided anything. We talk about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been given. It's for us to receive. It's for us to receive. Come, Holy Spirit of God. Relational wholeness flows from God. It's just absolutely incredible. A few years ago, I was in Lake Heath in Suffolk. I met this beautiful senior uh, couple. Uh, they'd been married for 50 years. So we were young in our married life at the time. I thought, I'll get some tips here, get some tips. So uh, I, I said to them, could, could I ask you a question? And they obviously knew that I was a young man wanting to get the best out of my marriage. And uh, I said, uh, give me some secrets, give me some secrets. So the wife, you could tell, you know, was, was the voice of the couple. Uh, she said, uh, we treat each other equally. I thought, great she said even to our birthdays she said i give him a gold sovereign when it's his birthday and he gives me a gold sovereign when it's my birthday and in my mind i'm sort of stacking up here 50 years of marriage must be at least 50 gold sovereigns loads of wonga but she then followed on she said no she said I receive the gold sovereign and then it's mine. She said, I give to him for his birthday what is mine. And you know, it was the same gold sovereign that is switched between the two. But that statement meant so much to me. Basically what that lady was saying, she said, I love him so much. I give him everything I've got. And he loves me so much, he gives me everything he's got. Where are we with God this morning? God gives us everything we need. In life. God has provided for us. What are we doing to reciprocate that with God? And this relationship, it's two-way. It's not a one-way faceted lifestyle it's two-way it's talking to God expecting God to talk back it's sharing our life expecting God to bless it see I believe that knowing God engages us in enjoying the presence of God it's not just on a Sunday morning that we can experience the presence of God anywhere anytime any place it's being loyal to God and knowing how loyal he is to me. It's wanting to spend time with God because I know he spends time with me. It's wanting to please God because I know he pleases me. It's boasting to others about God because I love him so much. Because not only does he talk with me through many different ways, he also sings over me on a daily basis. These are statements of faith. These are important statements in my life. 
in a realization for taking God to being God. There are possibly billions of people in this world who put their faith in a lump of stone, a carved piece of wood, something stuck on a wall, even the sun or the stars or whatever. I believe in a one and only true and living God who created me in his image, created you in his image and desires a wholesome relationship with us. Hazel, my wife, is sat on the front row. Our relationship is strong because we work at it. Listen, we've been married a good number of years now. And the fact about it is, if, if I, after six months of deciding, oh, this marriage malarkey, I'm, it's okay. Um, I don't need to talk to Hazel at breakfast. Day one goes okay and probably talk to her at lunchtime and tea time. And then day two, think, oh, yeah, I've got other things to do. No, I won't talk to Hazel at breakfast or, or lunchtime. I'll, I'll have a good chat at tea time and make up for it just before the six o'clock news. And then we'll have tea and I'll talk a bit more. And then the following day, decide, oh, well, um, don't need to talk to Hazel at breakfast or dinner or tea. Yesterday went pretty okay. Kissed each other good night before we went to sleep. That, that was okay. And, and then the following night, Repeated that and grew. How strong would our relationship be? What about if we decided on a silent existence with my wife? Manifestation of the presence without the communication that went with it. How strong would our relationship be? You see, the realization of the facts engages with every one of us. We, we can put that very simple illustration that I put together there, apply that to our lives and say, how is our relationship with God? Do we talk to God at breakfast time? How about lunchtime? Does he get a look in over the afternoon? What about tea time? How often are we talking to God? How often are we expecting God to talk to us? It's so important in this first point that relational wholeness flows from a loving God. He pours into us. We need to reciprocate that in order to benefit. Point number two, relational wholeness involves loving others. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Confession is very good for the soul. Some people hack me off. I meet them, have that possibly good feeling, but my eyes overrule my heart. Well, it used to. We had some new next door, but one neighbours moved in when we lived in Hull. Um, Brian and Karen. They were Australian, so it's Brian and Karen. Hi, Mark. Hi, Hazel. Nice to meet you. What a lovely couple, I thought. Two lads. But you know, within a day... I started to get seriously troubled because rugby balls used to start bombing down into our back garden on the roadway, on the pathway, bounced on the bonnet of my car, on the roof. I was really churning up here. I was not liking the next door but one neighbours, even though it was the ex-international Australian rugby player, Brian Smith, and his wife, Karen. He'd come to manage Hull FC Rugby Club and outwardly, it was very nice, but do you know the fact about it is, uh, Hazel wasn't like that at all. Could bounce on my car all, all the time. 
Hazel was more interested in getting through the door and getting to know Karen and Brian. Seeing the trust develop and, and the friendship develop, <laughs> Hazel was <laughs> down at the primary school uh, what, one morning. This big Karen had, had been expecting a baby, and this big four-wheel drive uh, truck pulls up to a, a halt quickly, and the, the horns palming. Hazel, Hazel, it's a girl. It's Kylie, Kylie, and all these hundreds of other people around. And there's Hazel going, "Oh, that's good news. That's good news." You see. Another time, I'll tell you this one, this is really funny. I arrived home and Hazel was absolutely shattered. Totally shattered. In fact, I can never remember before or since seeing Hazel so shattered in life. I said, what, what's the matter? Are you feeling no love? She said, no. So I said, what's it? She said, I've been to aerobics with Karen. So Karen, who's, who's I mean, she's gone a few years now, was a super athlete and, uh, and her friend, <laughs> Hazel had been around for a coffee. And they said, Hazel, come to aerobics with us. She really enjoy it. Well, Hazel would talk, she, she never went again, but that's it. Do you know something? I learned something at that time. My wife, Hazel, had accepted the next door but one neighbours and looked at them with an open heart. I was looking at my neighbours with my eyes and getting really hacked off of the frequency of rugby balls bouncing down, not only on the roof of our house, in the garden, everything, when their two lads were playing rugby. Once I'd learned that fact and found a resting place in my life, neighbourly love and consideration took on a completely different level. I got to know Brian and Karen as tops people, really nice people. And they got to know about Jesus. And who knows where they are today. I hope one day that when I'm in heaven, there'll be a rugby ball hits me on the back of the head. And it's Brian Smith going, I'm Mark, do you remember? Relationships have to be worked at. Are we working at our relationships with our neighbours today? Love your neighbour as yourself. When was the last time you looked in the mirror and said, if I was meeting you, what would I think? Do you know there are some people, and you've probably met them as well, they come into an office situation, a work situation, even a church situation, their very presence walking in changes the whole dynamic of the atmosphere. How about if we were here this morning and taking a fresh look at God and accepting God for being God and saying, God, would you take my life today? Put me out into community, into the workplace, into the high levels of education and, and use me and let me be an atmosphere changer to serve your purposes. Imagine the atmosphere in operating theatres changing as we walk through the door. In universities, we walk down the corridor. Somehow, troubled people, they walk past us and suddenly feel the peace of God. People who are sick in Morrisons, we walk past them. Our very shadow passes over them and healing comes to the life. Listen, if we read about this in Holy Scripture, why can't we begin to believe that we're going to see this in our lifetime? Us personally, where we are. Do you want that? Do you really, 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 really want that? God is the same. He has not changed at all. But the onus is upon us to take it and say, God, I want this. 
You cannot believe how much I want this. And I'm living in a dynamic in life now where I'm seeing things take place on a daily basis. It's, it's nothing to do special about me. It's just Mark Hutton. It came a time sat on that third seat there of realizing, God, this is not enough. I want more. I've seen people come to faith. I've seen relationships restored. I've seen people find work. I've seen people healed. Why? Because I decided on that third seat that I wanted my life to be different. I loved what I was having. It was so precious. But I wanted more from God. Folks in this service this morning, how much, how much, how much do you want to live out your life seeing the purposes of God fulfilled through you? This is a challenge to be taken on board. I see our nation in desperate need. So many people feeling isolated and lonely. Thank God we're waking up to the issues of, of attending positively to mental health. It's been way too long in coming, encouraging people to talk, encouraging people to walk with each other, experiencing the, the blessing of communication and relationship. I want my relationship with God to be just as dynamic as it's read of in Scripture. If God can do things for Elijah, why can't he do it for us? If God can do things for the prophets that we read of there, the kings, if God can touch David's life and change him from a shepherd boy into a king, God can do the same for us. But are we willing this morning on this ninth day of February 2020 to say, God, for the rest of my life. Listen, I'm 63, but I'm, I'm bound in my own life to take this on board. That while I've got breath in my life, I will tell people about Jesus. While I've got the facility to be mobile, I'll go places and meet people and help them and do things for them. Because there is a call of God for us to do it. Go, and this is for everyone, go into the world and make disciples. It's not making little me's or little you's. Don't, no. It's go and make passionate followers of Jesus Christ. We need to be in that place where we love others. We, we need to love others and let it begin with, the, with our hearts, not with our eyes. Loving others expressed in words. Speak to people that other people don't speak to so often. The granny that lives next door but four. Do you know her name even? Do you know the name of her chocolate Labrador dog that's with her? Her only companion during the week. I see people come into pharmacies and the girls say, do you know they come in every morning? I say, have you ever found out why? And they go, no. So I said, well, why don't you ask a question? I said, I pretty well guarantee that you are the only people that that person feels safe to come and have a chat in the morning. There are frequent visitors to doctor's surgeries. They, they come with anything and everything. A lot of the time, those frequent visitors, there's nothing major going on, but, but they just need that attention of a receptionist and, and sitting amongst a group of people and, and then going in and having eye contact with, with a, a doctor or a prescribing pharmacist or a nurse practitioner. 
And they go, having had the communication for the day. Listen. When Jesus walked on this planet, we read, and it's recorded, Jesus went around doing good. There was all the healings, there was all the miracles taking place, but Jesus went around doing good. It could be getting to know that next door but four neighbour with a chocolate Labrador. It, it, it could be just watching out in your street for anybody who, who's lonely. A mum who's looking after a child. She's got no one else to support. You could just be that lifeline to that lady. The young teenager that looks really messed up in life. You, you, you could be the, the brother, the sister. You could be the answer, the uncle that that child has never known. I thank, listen, I've never known what it's like to have grandparents because they all died before I came into this world. But I do remember people like Miss Blackwell who every Tuesday night at a prayer meeting in church would arrive with a bar of chocolate just for me. When it was exam time for me, there was five or six people in the church of the old generation and they would want a list of the days and the times when my exams were taking place. And when I went into those exams rooms, I knew there was at least six people, plus my mum and dad, praying for me. Can you begin to imagine the impact that you could make in the lives of Lincoln and the surrounding area? If we look at the wholeness of life and not read about it, not listen about it, but actually apply it to life. It's very sad. I mean, meet men and women who have a, a, a poor, a poor view of God. And in only the way that I can, I start to dig deep. I start, not interrogate, but I start to probe and find out that too often, too often, those people have a poor image of what a father figure is like. They've been told in the young days that they're rubbish, they'll never get anywhere. They've been told to get out of the house while the telly's on. They've been told to go and play and come back at nine o'clock at night and get off the bed. These kids have lived with these shackles. They've grown with the shackles on the life. Why? Because of the impact of a poor father. I'm here to declare today that God is the best father you could ever know. He's the perfect father. He's the best father. Do not, do not let your personal experience of a father tarnish your viewpoint of a holy and majestic God. If we struggle with that, get some prayer. I've seen some beautiful situations in over 40 years of my ministry where, where people have been to the point of desperation because of something that verbally has been inflicted upon their life. And we've asked for the Holy Spirit to come as only the Holy Spirit can do and bring that release. And all of a sudden their viewpoint of God has changed. Their expectation, their, their consideration that God is a loving God, that God does care about them, that God wants them to succeed in life becomes refreshingly a reality. Thirdly, this morning, relational wholeness liberates us to love ourselves. 
Psalm 139 says, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. If I was to give out some blank sheets of paper in here this morning, and a pen or a pencil, and I'd ask you to write things about yourself, I would guarantee this. Within the 150 or so people gathered here this morning, there will be those who consider themselves too fat. There will be those who consider themselves too short. There are those who consider themselves not really to have a good image in life. They say that the fingernails aren't nice. They start looking at the skin, they start looking at the diet and say, I really should be eating more wholesome food, but, but I'm not, and this is impacting my life. They look at their ability and say, I'm, I'm useless, I, I can't, can't do anything. Do you know why? Because we live in a society today that is always looking at the bad things in our life. For marketing people, they look at us because they want to sell us the latest makeup. They want to sell us the latest clothes, the latest car. We drive the wrong, wrong car. We should be driving this. And, and that whole area of self-esteem, it starts and starts to go down and down and down. And it turns us into that place of need, of wanting to be able to. God help us this morning to have a God perspective on our life. God has created us for who we are. I said earlier in this sermon, um, thank God we're not a clone. We don't want, we don't need to be the same. We are unique creations by God with a unique profile on our lives. But taking that unique profile, we can be the person God wants us to be. What will be our epitaph one day? I want mine somewhere on it to have fulfilled. I think that'd be good. I don't want to waste time. I don't want to waste my life. I continue every day to wake up. First thing I do, and you know, is thank God I'm alive when I wake up in the morning. It's a very positive statement. Secondly, I invite the Holy Spirit to come. And then I expect the rest of the day to be blessed of God. You may be in this venue this morning. And if we could have some wonderful dulcet tones on the keyboards. Isn't this guy a blessing on our worship team? You can run to the keyboard. I just love these guys. And the fact about it is, I, I want to ask this morning, is anybody in here and you're saying, Mark, I hear what you're talking about, God. I, I actually, at this point in time, I, I don't have a belief in God. But I would like it. I hear what you're talking about, about how Jesus can change life. He's changed your life and uh, good things are taking place. I really would, would like that. A fabulous prayer is going to come up on the screen. I, I really would like every one of us to engage with his prayer this morning. And let's, with gusto and, and, and good sound, let's, let's speak out this prayer. And then at the end uh, of the prayer, I'm going to ask us to close our eyes. And, and then, if you have said this prayer for the first time, if this is a morning for you to engage with God through the miraculous work of Jesus Christ,
I just ask you just to put your hand up because I'd like to speak to you at the end of the service. Okay, so this is the prayer. She'll be up there now. Thank you, God. Let's say this together. Thank you, God, for loving me before I ever love you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that I can get connected to you now because you are alive today. I admit that I have lived my life without you and have messed up. I ask for your total forgiveness. I commit myself to you. Help me to submit my life to your teaching and direction from now on. I receive you into my life and ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's just close our eyes. If you've said that prayer for the first time, I just want you to just put your hand straight up now. Have you said that prayer for the first time? Anybody in this venue this morning? Yes, sir, that is the best decision that you've made. Your life, I will guarantee this, will never be the same again. Be greatly blessed. So we'll bring some book chat to you after. I shared in the first service years ago, I can remember in the 1970s, I, I was in a group of people who, who were invited just to put our hands out and create like a cup you see, you can open your eyes now. Create like a, a cup with, with our hands in front of us. And the preacher at the time said, look, I'm just going to invite the Holy Spirit of God to come. And, and if you would just like an infilling of the Holy Spirit, just cup your hands, just as a statement of faith. Because he's only cupping hands, but it's something that you're doing. You are making a decision to do this. Cup your hands. And I'm just going to ask for the Holy Spirit to come. Do you know, as I was in that venue, tears were flowing God was doing great things people found their speaking in tongues and, and, and just the richness of the blessing of God I'd like us all just to stand now and could I respectfully invite you this morning if you're willing just to put your hands in front of you and just create that cup with the two hands coming together I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to come And in the mighty name of Jesus, I bless you. Come, Holy Spirit of God. In our faith, we just open our hands now and say, please, Holy Spirit, would you just fill us now? Father God, would you meet what we need for the coming week? Bring the provision, bring the health. Bring the focus. Bring the encouragement, bring the inspiration that we need in our lives. Take our hands and equip us now to serve the purposes of God. In the mighty name of Jesus, I bless you. Go the best week of your lives.